On today's show, a recap of Canada's pre-tournament game against Slovakia ahead of the World Juniors, and a special guest comes on to discuss the Habs' European prospects, all coming up on Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, I break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh. I'm a scout and prospect analyst across multiple platforms, including this one. And on today's show, I'll be breaking down uh, the standout prospects from the World Juniors pre-tournament match between Canada and Slovakia. And then European correspondent for Habs Eyes on the Prize and a good friend of mine, Patrick Bexell, hops on and discuss the Montreal Canadiens European prospects, including two who are currently at the world juniors now before we get into any of that just remember to like and subscribe if you're watching on youtube and if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform make sure to make us your first listen of the day it's always very much appreciated now to get right into it uh, we'll start with this recap of uh, the 6-1 win of team canada over team uh, slovakia uh, again so uh, canada crushes their opponent in this pre-tournament phase colton dock op- scored the, the opening goal for canada by jumping on rebound and then both Brendan Offman and Dylan Gunther later on in the game just showcased their sniping abilities uh, with a perfect wrister on both ends um, for a goal. Joshua Roy got a goal and an assist, including a great individual effort on his goal. Uh, and Shane Wright and Connor Bedard both earned assists each in the game. Now, funnily enough, Slovakia's only goal in this game was attributed to uh, 2023 NHL draft prospect Samuel Honsek. But it was actually an own goal from Shane Wright. He tried to make a pass from behind his net, and he just sent it right off Benjamin Gundro's skate and into the back of his own goal. Um, now, I just wanted to break down some notable events from that game, the things that happened that are sort of out of the ordinary. There were a couple of notable events. First and foremost, in the first period, Anaheim first-round draft pick Nathan Gaucher and New York Rangers second-rounder Adam Sikora uh, had a knee-on-knee contact uh, in neutral ice, um, which left Sikora laying on the ice for quite a while. Um, but thankfully, he returned in the game. Now, it, it did seem pretty egregious on uh, Gauthier's side at, at first glance. But on the replay, you could clearly see that Gauthier didn't stick his knee out or anything like that. It was actually Adam Sakura who was trying to jump out of the way of the shoulder check and left his knee trailing. And Gauthier did not change the direction of his knee, did not modify anything about his posture. He just tried to continue through with the hit. Um, but Sakura's knee was still there, and uh, Sakura ended up getting the brunt of that impact. Um, then another freak incident happened as Brennan Offman was going to the net and got a high stick from a uh, Slovakian defender uh, right under the visor, which left him bloodied and on the ice. He returned later on in the game as well, but he stayed down for quite a while, and it was a pretty scary incident because he was bleeding profusely out of the mouth. And there was sort of a fear that he might have lost a tooth or two, but he ended up being okay after all. Um, And then finally, a quick shout-out to Conor Bedard, who in a pre-tournament match uh, got under both Simon Yemets and Dalibor Dvorsky's skin uh, in one single post-whistle scrum. It's actually pretty funny watching Bedard and Dvorsky, two top 2023 NHL draft eligibles, head to the penalty box and continue to chirp each other all the way down to the, the the neutral ice so it was it was very funny to, to sort of see them go about it because again it's a pre-tournament match it's not a, a game with any sort of stakes in it 
uh, but they were still at each other's throws. Bedard had one guy by by the jersey and was just tugging and pulling on him, um, while Dvorsky was trying to headlock someone else. And then they ended up facing facing up uh, later on. I believe Dvorsky uh, sent Connor Bedard to the ground with a shove, but the camera angle wasn't too clear on that play. Um, but it was just a funny situation overall because, again, it's not a game that counts for anything. It's just a preparation match. So to, to see uh, those two guys go about it and, and be at each other's throat was pretty um, unusual. So the game ended 6-1 for Canada, and the shots were 47-217 in favor of Team Canada. Now, the first period wasn't as sort of one-sided as the second and third, uh, especially the second period. I believe it took until the 19th minute of the second period for Slovakia to get their first shot on goal. Um, of that period so Canada was absolutely all over the place in the second especially in the third and just ran away with this game but um, Slovakia was pretty pretty in it until that second period um, the power play was uh, two for six uh, in favor of Canada the, the power play was two for six and Slovakia was zero for five on theirs um, now for the standouts of this game first and foremost obviously Connor Bedard he's he stands out every game uh, for Canada, but in this game, he really showed that on top of being one of the most skilled prospects in this tournament, he's also got a mean streak and he's not afraid to show it. Um, so j- just showing his competition that he's able to get involved in scrums and is able to hold his own, that's, that's something that's really important in his case. Um, then another standout for me for Team Canada was Joshua Hua. His skating has improved a bit uh, you know, in the QMJHL, and it was obvious in this game because he was much more comfortable carrying pucks up the ice um, you know, in control and and creating zone entries on his own. His goal was all him. Um, basically, what happened is Brendan Offman scored his goal. There was a face-off at center ice. He chips the puck behind the Slovak center on the face-off um, towards the defenders. The defenders are scrambling because the, the puck is bouncing. He just attacks them right on, intercepts the D-to-D pass, and then goes right in on Patrick Andrzejczyk, the uh, netminder for Slovakia, and just roofs it on the backhand top shelf. So really, really great effort from him. It was impressive to see. Um, there was also Brad Clark for me, who was a standout. He was much better in this game than he was against Switzerland. Um, he might have just been Canada's best D-man overall in this game. He was carrying, he was creating off the rush. He was defending really well. Um, you know, most of the time when he was on the ice, there was nothing happening for Slovakia, and he was helping his team create a lot offensively. On Slovakia's side, there aren't many standouts, but one player who stood out negatively, in my opinion, was Dalibor Dvorsky. I'm pretty concerned in this case because apart from one defensive play in the third period. He, he was barely noticeable in this game. And a player like that, with, with the amount of skill that he has and, and the habits that he has, you'd expect him to stand out a bit more. So I was kind of surprised with that. But I'm hoping this is just rest from the pre-tournament and he ends up sort of, uh, you know, replacing his game as the tournament goes on. But that's going to be it for the breakdown of uh, Canada versus Slovakia. Now we're going to go into my discussion with Patrick Bexell about the Habs European prospects right after these messages. So let me paint a picture for you. You're hanging out with your friends, you're watching the World Junior Championship, having a blast, you're putting back a couple of drinks, uh, you know, and as the evening goes on, you know, a few drinks become too many, and then you think of calling for a ride. But, you know, you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's not that big of a deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? You know, and even so, what's the worst that could happen? You know, your insurance goes up, you lose your license, lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone... Everybody knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads. It's to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. 
Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. If it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone's else's forever, drive sober or get pulled over. All right, so I'm joined today by Patrick Bexell, uh, the European correspondent for Habs Eyes on the Prize and the host of the Absent Minded podcast and the Dispatch over at Eyes on the Prize as well. Now, Patrick, uh, you know, excels specifically regarding Swedish Habs prospects. So we'll be talking a bit about the Montreal Canadiens prospects overseas with a focus on their two Swedish prospects uh, playing in Europe right now. First and foremost, how are you doing, Patrick? I'm fine, thank you. And uh, Merry Holidays to, to all of you. It's uh, late on the 22nd today, so uh, <laughs> yeah. It's that time <laughs> of year. So, soon Santa will be here, and I'm looking forward to that. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to start first and foremost with the um, with with the don't drink and drive. Oh, of course, absolutely. We've got ads. I'm going to be drinking uh, right now, so uh, just so <laughs> you guys know. Of course. So yeah, we're going to start with uh, a prospect who's playing top pair of minutes right now for Sweden at the World Junior Championship, and that is Adam Engstrom. Uh, he's got five points in 23 games uh, so far with Rogla in the SHL. He's starting to creep towards 20 minutes a night of ice time. First and foremost, what have you seen from him so far in Rogla, and what have you liked? I really like his skating. Uh, let's start with that. And, and I like his hockey mind. Those are the two things that, that stands out to me. Um, he's agile on the ice. He uses his brain uh, in a lot of situations where I think it's important to use it. Um, uh, primarily, I think he's been using it to the offense uh, when he was in, in Engelholm uh, or in, in Djurgården before he went to Engelholm and Rögle. Um, and, and I think that is the struggles, the, the, the small struggles that he's had this year is, is actually on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. However, uh, when you compare him to a player like uh, uh, Matthias Norlander, mm-hmm. he hasn't struggled as much on defense. And he's, he's also set to, to really try to enhance his defense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really important. He's coached by one of the best coaches, I think, in Sweden. Uh, they've been unlucky this year with uh, uh, with Rugla, few injuries. Uh, they went to the finals, uh, semifinals last year, mm-hmm. and they went to and won the Champions Hockey League. But I think uh, they've been unlucky, and and obviously, in Sweden, where you don't have long term contracts, you're gonna lose players in regards mm-hmm. to that. And, and on top with what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, there's a lot of players coming back into the Swedish system uh, that has, has uh, uh, I said, made more difficult for Rögle. On mm-hmm. the other hand, if you look at it from that point of view, the, the uh, journey that Autumn Engstrom has done so far is even more impressive because uh, he and Wallander has, has taken William Wallander, Calgary prospect, if I remember correctly, um, has taken Edmonton. Edmonton, yeah. Well, one of the Western teams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They have become the first pairing for regular. And mm-hmm. two juniors, more or less. Uh, one just aged out of the World Juniors. Uh, the other is he's in his first year. Has taken that responsibility. They played very well under those circumstances. And I think that's really, really important. And, and it shows the confidence partly from the coach, partly from Engstrom, and, 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 and it also shows what kind of great pick uh, Autumn Engstrom is. He wants to be the best defender in the world. I don't think he will get there, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, 
but I like the fact that he has stated it. I like the fact that he's he's having that as a goal. It mm-hmm. also means that he's willing to learn on defense. And the defensive side is where he has to get better. He has gotten better. I think uh, the World Juniors will show that uh, a little bit. I also think that because many will be like, why wasn't he picked in the second round? Why wasn't he picked in the first round? And then uh, mm-hmm. you and me both were, were watching Jugoden last year and Jugoden was stacked. The under-20 yeah. team of Jugoden was stacked. And and mm-hmm. and you sort of lost him because you didn't realize how good he was. I think it was a very, very smart pick in the third round for Montreal to pick him. I know there is a lot of talk about other French-Canadian players. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Particularly from my colleague Matt Drake, yep. uh, but but uh, I think it's really important to 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 realize that this is a very very smart pick. And I spoke with Cam Abbott at the start of the season. I mentioned that Adam Engstrom might be the most underrated prospect in 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 the Canadian system, mm-hmm. and his his answer was a little bit like I don't know the Canadian system, but he's not underrated here. Yeah, and and, and it shows. The confidence that they're giving him, the 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 opportunity they're giving him, it's there, and and I'm really really impressed. And I think I was impressed by Norlander, but that was flashes of, of brilliance. Uh, here, it's more the stability that impresses me, and I think that it's is maybe, yeah, consistency, stability, uh, a work in progress, willing to learn. I think that Norlander was very very good at at his best things. And it's a little bit like, and and obviously coming off of the World Cup and 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 in soccer and or football as we say here in Europe, uh, and and he says like I remember this, he went to a Brazilian Brazilian training and they were all practicing what they were good at. Mm-hmm. Adam Engstrom practices what he's not good at because he wants to be get better at the overall everything. game. At yes, everything. Exactly. yeah. Exactly. So, you know, in your opinion, the fact that he's playing 20 minutes uh, on average approximately right now in the SHL, is that a fluke or is that something that he's earned his way up toward? He's earned his way uh, there. Uh, I, I also think that, you know, uh, Cam Abbott and his coaching team, they're inclined to give the opportunity to players that deserve it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to earn it. You just have to deserve it. There is a slight difference there, at least in the Swedish vocabulary. And I think, you know, he gives it to the ones that deserve it. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, 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 and he's not getting the power play minutes. Let's be honest about that. He's getting mm-hmm. certain minutes in, 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 in the box play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's, 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 he's earned that the hard way. And I think, yeah, for, for the general, I've, I've said it, as I said in August, he might be the most underrated prospect. And you obviously had him the, the highest, the top 2525. I think yeah. I was the second highest, but, by, <laughs> but still five points below. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, 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 it's a player that we should have been more aware about, especially coming up in Hugh Gordon's system, which is a really good system. But then moving on to Ruggler's system, which is an even better system. 100%. And, and, and I think that is what, what, when we, even as scouts or, 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 or very keen analytics people, mm-hmm. we should have taken that into account at the draft and, and possibly also after the draft when the top 25 was out. Is it, there is no chance that anyone has impressed me more 
than Autumn Engstrom at this time in in uh, of the season so far. And that says a lot because there are some really big exclamation marks in Europe. 100%. Uh, now we're going to take a look at some more uh, Montreal Canadiens prospects, specifically one in Sweden and a couple over in Finland right after these messages. And we're back with uh, Patrick Bexell from Habs Eyes on the Prize, host of the Habs in Mind podcast and uh, our European correspondent. Now, we, I wanted to mention another uh, Swedish prospect playing in the SHL right now of the Montreal Canadiens, a prospect that was obtained from Calgary in return for Tyler Toffoli, and that is Emil Heinemann. Now, he's got two goals in nine games so far for Lexans in the SHL. Uh, what do you make of his game so far? You should also probably say that he has three goals in three games for the Swedish national team. That is uh, very which... true. <laughs> which makes him stand out a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I've been, I mean, like I obviously, when we acquired Heinemann, um, I spoke with his coach directly uh, five minutes after the trade happened, more or less, uh, maybe 10, but that's about it. I, I, he wasn't <laughs> another call, so he had to keep call back. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is that Heinemann has the potential from half the ice, and that's the, the forward half of the ice. And the opposing half of the ice. He has great skills there, and, and his shot is remarkable. I'm not going to... As, as his coach said, because I compare him a little bit to Victor Olofsson, and I think it's 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 very... In Buffalo. Definitely. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's it's I think it's a fair comparison. It will take him time to reach NHL. If he reaches NHL, it will be on, on the premises of, of his own and his skill and the skill set that it brings rather than try to acclim- um, to, to, to change into a player that you might hope that he becomes. Um, Heinemann is, is really good in, in forechecking, like deep down in the offensive zone. Yep. He's, he's very good at, at forcing turnovers. He's good at, 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 at scoring goals. That's Absolutely. his strength. Absolutely. His limit... Is is more or less on the other end of the zone. His defensive reads are sh- crap. Yeah. Uh, his uh, his defensive awareness is is okayish. Uh, but to 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 merge the I mean, in order to become an NHLer, you need to merge these two. You don't have to be excel at it because you can excel at putting pucks in the net. Obviously, we see it with Toffoli in certain degrees. We see it with. Uh, Hoffman, uh, yep. obviously, you see it with Olafson as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I think it will take time for Heinemann to get to the NHL. Uh, a year, maybe two in NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, in SHL, he's been uh, used on on the first power play unit in a bumper position, which I don't really like to see. Uh, I think he would be better on the half wall using that shot, a little bit like uh, Cole Caulfield, as an example. Yeah, of course. Uh, but 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 you know these are decisions. Uh, you know you have to realize Lexand is playing to win the SHL. Mm-hmm. They're they're not playing to develop a player for Canadians. They're playing to win the SHL, which is a professional league, arguably the top third in 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 in, in the world. Um, you got to realize that when you're yeah. trying to to. Uh, I reached out to the Swedish coach of the national team. Um, and my wife, uh, my my fiance's favorite person in the world, I think Sam Hallam. Uh, <laughs> I'm just a second guy. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, yeah, I think I think um, in regards to that, uh, mm-hmm. I, I tried to get a comment for this podcast to use, but unfortunately, he he hasn't answered. It's Christmas time, so I completely understand him. One hundred percent. But but yeah, three goals. He was used on the fourth line, and in, in, in uh, he wasn't used on the power play to the same degree. Uh, but that shows that he can score with very good players. I think that is the important bit. On the other hand, you also have to realize one of them was an empty net, which mm-hmm. is, you know, fair play to Haaland to play him in the situation where there's an empty net. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were still three nil up, so yeah, uh, wasn't too much of a of a danger. In one game, he wasn't that he wasn't that playing that confident. So you can also argue that when he asked at that international top level. Mm-hmm. Uh, mid-season top level as well so not when half of the teams are in, in the NHL are at you uh, you see that he still lacks and I think that is what he brings to to, to Montreal right now uh, mm-hmm. a lack of defensive awareness a very good shot mm-hmm. and uh, he is a, a, a person that needs to develop and, and that's not bad I just don't think that he will play NHL next year yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of the same mind. You know, I really like the the offensive instincts. I love the off puck movement, um, the way he's able to get off the wall and get shots off. But the for me, the big concern on top of his defense is his skating, and uh, that definitely needs to come a long way before I'm sort of comfortable projecting him as anything more than a, a third line or fourth line uh, scoring he, forward. He skates very well straight down the alley. Yeah, no agility though. No, no agility. <laughs> he 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 can't turn. You know, it's all that. Um, but I wanted to move on to um, to Oliver Kapanen, a, uh, a Finnish prospect who's playing over in the Finnish Liga. Um, I just wanted your thoughts on his season so far overall. I know he's, his production has increased, but I wanted to know what was behind that specifically. I think that, you know, first and foremost, his production is up. That's what we're looking for. His production, um, do I have that number here? Um, comparing him to other draft uh, year and draft plus one years, our production, he, he's been really, really low. He's been under Jesse Ilonen, as an example, uh, which, which um, if, if you look at other Finnish prospects, he's, I think he's actually even further down than Johnny Ikonen in, in the D plus one year, which says a lot. Uh, now he's in his D plus two and he's, his production has increased. Great. He's a bit sheltered, uh, which you would assume is something that will happen for, for, for a player in his D plus two year. Uh, Kalpa is doing better than you ex- have, have, would have guessed before the season. So that's the, that, that's a good part, and, and he's part of that progress. He has led the team in, in rookie scoring, which is really weird because he played, obviously, about 30 games last year. But I think it has to do with minutes in, in Liga, whereas in Sweden it has to do with games. So I'm a little bit confused. Um. He scores in batches, and I think that is the, the problem for me. Yeah. I'd rather have he scores a goal a game or, or, or every other game than he scores four goals in one game and none in, in the next five. And I think that is what it comes down to. Uh, consistency. It seems to, He seems to be going hot or cold. He seems to be going uh, lacking confidence, and when he lacks confidence, he lacks a lot of confidence, and, and it takes a while to get back to it. Uh, he's Defensive acumen is undisputable. Uh, he's solid. You put him out there, 
you know he's going to win the face-off against one of his own age, and you're going to see that in World Juniors. Um, you, you you know he's going to set up a good play or exit play out of the zone, uh, either to counter or, or to just get the puck out of the zone because it's a power kill or a box play, as we say over here. But yeah. but yeah, I think I, th- I think I think you know that's where he's strength. I project him uh, third, fourth line player. But if you get one of those in, in the second round, you're pretty damn good. You 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 have to be honest about that. Now I just wanted to go and talk about Pateri Normi for a bit because I haven't mm-hmm. followed him at all since his uh, his his draft. I just wanted to have your thoughts on him. I'm really really impressed. Uh, I, I think I said it that draft and, and going back looking at numbers and and um he's playing Hope Core, which is a not not the best team traditionally in 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 the Liga. Uh, he's carrying that team, like he's carrying the defense in that team. Um, his stats are unbelievable. I think I, I I think I wrote in the EPR that you know he's the reverse captain. You put him out there when you need to shut something down, when you need to get the puck out of the zone, and when you need to transition from one from your end into the opposing end. Uh, he's there. He's the guy you ask to do it. And and I think it was a very very smart pick by the Montreal Canadiens because um, how should I say it like. His trajectory was positive. And you don't know where he, he's going from there. But you, you know the trajectory was going upwards, so you continue you, you yeah. bet on that trajectory to continue. And it has. I, I think it, it has is that it's developed even further than you, you sort of expected, uh, which I think is 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 really, really impressive and, and something that we none of us predicted from a sixth or seventh round draft pick uh, over age as well. I think it's a smart way of betting because um, I said it before when you come to some of the Russians, you, 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 you sign, you, you, you draft them in the last year of eligibility because you don't have to compete with anyone else. And, and, and putting that on a seventh round draft pick or a sixth round draft pick is a smart move because you have more data available for you, especially during the COVID years. Uh, Timo Kunari from from Ilahiti, uh, one of the biggest papers in Finland, told us on, on absent minded before the season started that he thought Normi would be a national team player at one point or another during the season. And if that would be in 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 the Finnish tournament or the Swedish tournaments or the Czech tournament or or the Swiss tournament, it it, it didn't really matter. But he would be there, and and yeah, he will be there. Um, partly by his own work, but also because someone will turn the the, the roster spot down. Mm-hmm. What I would look at with Nurmi is: Will another bigger team come looking for him? Come trade deadline in February. That is mm-hmm. what you should look for as a Montreal Canadiens. He's not going to be in the World Juniors. He's aged out, mm-hmm. but but he was a, he was a pillar in in the Finnish team in August. He is a very, very smart player, and and uh, I'm 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 taken aback a little bit by by how smart and how good he plays. That's great to hear. Uh, now that's going to be it for today's episode. Now, just remind everyone where they can find you uh, and your work. Uh, I'm over at Twitter uh, at zeb underscore habs because uh, there was this uh, how the West was won, you know, TV show when I was young. 
and not as beautiful as you, Hadi, though, when I was young. And thank uh, you, thank you. and uh, Zeb McKay is obviously the the hero of that show, and Zeb was there, and unfortunately Zeb was taken, so I took Zeb out uh, abs. Uh, and you find me at Eyes on the Price for obvious reasons, because that's where we met. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, thank you very much for watching. This has been Locked on NHL Prospects with Fatty Kalakesh and guest host Patrick Bexell, and we will see you next time.